0: Tech Worldwide. It's the High Tech Podcast in plain English, with an hour's worth of news in about 20 minutes. That's because we leave out the commercials, the station breaks, the sports, and most of the jingles. Podcast number 649 for the 30th of June, 2019. This week, if you like the idea of combining multiple photos to create a cool high dynamic range look, but you haven't been able to get the results you want, now would be a really good time to take a look at Aurora HDR from Skylab. It works as a standalone application or as a plug-in for Adobe's applications. In short circuits, Facebook constantly adds features I don't want and displays far more ads than seems reasonable. Social Fixer makes Facebook tolerable by removing stories, games, and other components that you don't like. I have encountered yet another laughable porn scam. Let's take a look at the email and see why it's obviously a phony. In spare parts, only on the website, Microsoft's safety features make recovering from problematic updates easier than in the past, but the leftover files can get in the way. You can remove them. And Notepad is a handy Windows utility. Notepad++ is even better, and it's free. High dynamic range images sometimes have a distinctive over-processed look. That's fine if that's what you're looking for. Photography is an art form after all. Adobe Lightroom and Photoshop have built-in HDR processing that takes a relatively conservative approach. Those who want to explore what HDR processing has to offer should consider plugins such as Skylum's Aurora HDR. Aurora can operate as a standalone application, but those who use Lightroom or Photoshop will benefit from using it as a plugin. Earlier in June, I showed HDR processing by Lightroom. The result is good, and you'll see that image on the TechBiter Worldwide website, but I felt it could be better. You'll also see on the TechBiter Worldwide website the result of using the same images with Aurora HDR. You may recall that this was an interior shot with no interior illumination and a very bright exterior through a window. The result of the Aurora HDR processing gave me a view outside the window that's better. Also, a lot of the interior detail, I think, is better. Because Aurora is a specialized HDR processor, it offers an extensive range of settings and adjustments, However, like Skylum's Luminar, it does lack lens corrections for some camera-lens combinations, and that includes one of the cameras that I use. So I think it's better to start in Lightroom and get the benefits of lens correction, white balance, cropping, and other basic adjustments, and then pass the image or images onto Aurora for HDR processing. By default, Aurora doesn't install itself as a plugin for Lightroom and Photoshop. Most plugins do offer to install themselves during the installation process, but Aurora users will need to explicitly add Aurora. It's a quick one-step process. Once Aurora is installed as a plugin, all the user needs to do is select one or more images to use in creating an HDR image, right-click, and then choose Edit in Aurora HDR 2019. If you've already made changes to the image or images in Lightroom, you'll want to edit a copy with Lightroom adjustments. You may have noticed there that I said one or more images. Normally, HDR processing involves at least three images, sometimes five or even seven. So yes, you should have multiple images if you want to create the best HDR image. But here's a big surprise. You can create an acceptable HDR image from just one photo and maybe even from a JPEG image. Really. So, I tried selecting just the image that was three stops underexposed, and the resulting HDR was surprisingly good. There is a lot of noise, but the image was still acceptable. When I started with what the camera thought was a normal exposure, there was a lot of noise in the resulting image, and even Aurora HDR wasn't able to recover any detail from the highlights because the original RAW file had no details to recover. Starting with a JPEG image is even more dicey because the camera will have deleted a significant amount of data in creating that JPEG. That's why it's referred to as a lossy format. But even a JPEG can sometimes be improved by HDR processing. So the lesson here is to use three or five or seven raw images if you want the best possible HDR output. If you didn't capture three, five or seven images though, it's still worth testing to see if you can improve the image. When the HDR processing starts, you'll be asked if you want to remove any ghosts. If there was any motion in the series of images, for example, people walking through, birds flying, trees bending in the breeze, anything like that, you will want to remove ghosts. Generally, the middle image, the one that was exposed, quote-unquote, properly, according to the camera, is the best choice. You'll want to turn on the color denoise feature and the option to reduce chromatic aberration. Auto alignment should always be on. Turning some of these features off will make the HDR processing faster, but it'll also result in lower quality images. While your images are open in Aurora, you can see before and after views. You can either do this with a full screen view or a split screen. You'll find collections at the bottom of the screen, and the built-in collections include essential landscape architecture dramatic, artistic, and several collections from individual developers. Each look in a collection applies a variety of settings that the user can use then as a starting point. The panel at the right side of the picture contains filters that allow for fine-tuning the HDR looks. When the final image is returned to Lightroom, it'll appear in the Filmstrip view, and then you'll be able to use all of the Lightroom controls to further modify the image. You'll see some before and after images that I've created this week on the Tech Writer Worldwide website. Are they good? Are they bad? You decide. That's the thing about art. There is no right or wrong. A photographer in my area routinely posts HDR images that are often overprocessed and crunchy, at least by most definitions, or at least by my definition. Even so, they are images that always cause me to stop and look. The worst photographers I've encountered are the ones who rely on always, never, right, and wrong. It's art. If you like what you've created, it's right, no matter what anybody says or thinks. So Skylum Aurora HDR is just another tool you can use in making images that appeal to you. The bottom line, I would give Aurora five cats, it's a great plugin for Photoshop and Lightroom. Aurora puts HDR processing in high gear. The ability to apply looks is helpful, but Aurora's real power comes from the comprehensive collection of settings. Although it works well as a standalone application, users of Adobe applications will still want to use Aurora as a plugin for Photoshop or Lightroom. The $100 application works with Windows or Mac OS. You'll find additional details if you'd like them on the Skylum website, There is a link from the TechBiter Worldwide website. In short circuits, Facebook, for all its untold number of annoyances, can still be useful a donationware where plug-in for most browsers can eliminate some of Facebook's most frustrating behaviors. Take Stories, for example. I haven't found anyone who likes the Stories feature. No one. Probably there are some people who do find Stories useful, but everyone I've heard from thinks that Facebook should kill the feature. That's unlikely, but you can take control of what you see and eliminate Stories with Social Fixer. And that's just the beginning. What makes Social Fixer even better is that Facebook clearly loathes the service and does everything possible to beat it. That means Matt Cruz keeps busy writing updates to fix what Facebook breaks. That's right. What we have here is a one-person software shop against legions of programmers at Facebook. Although the application is free, Matt does ask for donations. So if you give Social Fixer a try and decide you like it, do send in an occasional donation. Some of the other Facebook features that social fixer fixes include the annoyance of Facebook repeatedly switching to top stories, even though you prefer most recent. You can also eliminate watch, instant games, marketplace, trending among friends, watch list, and other parts of the page you don't ever want to see. Although I understand that Facebook monetizes the service by showing ads, sometimes every third item is an ad, so I turn them all off. The feature that eliminates ads is one that Facebook fights with vengeance, and it's a feature that needs to be updated often. Fortunately, those updates are automatic. After you've installed the Social Fixer plugin, the browser will have a new wrench button on the Facebook tab. Clicking it opens a drop-down menu. The two most essential parts are Social Fixer options and the hide and show parts of the page. We'll take a look at options in just a moment, but first, think about what's on the page that you never, ever want to see. For me, that's the create option, and anything to do with stories, anything to do with watch and marketplace in the left column, the watch list, instant games, and trending among friends. Click those things you don't want to see, the section turns red, and after you close the selection page, the junk you want to omit will be gone. The social fixer options page has a dozen tabs that let you make Facebook be what you want it to be, instead of what Mark Zuckerberg wants it to be. Check for filtered messages lets you know when you've received a private message from someone who's not a friend and is therefore not in your network. By default, Facebook simply hides these messages and the user has to remember to check occasionally to see if there is a message from someone they don't know. Activating this function displays a small alert when the messages are present. Fix enter in comments, replies, and chats eliminates the danger of submitting a comment, reply, or chat message before you want to. By default, pressing Enter submits the comment. If you're writing a comment and you want to insert a new line, you'll accidentally submit the comment when you press Enter. These settings make Enter create a new line and require Control enter to submit the comment. Users can also enable a Friend Manager that lets you know when a Facebook user changes a name, drops off Facebook, or unfriends you. That function has been problematic because Facebook routinely tries to disrupt it they just don't want you to know. The Hide Posts tab works by allowing the user to enter keywords or phrases to be hidden. Then any post with one of the words or phrases will be hidden, and a small message will appear where that post would have been. The Filters tab has even better controls. There are prepared filters, and the most important one for most people is Hide Sponsored and Suggested Posts. This filter is a subscription, which means that it is updated automatically. No cost is involved. When an ad is hidden, you'll see a notice on the timeline, and you can click that notice to show the ad if you want to see it. The User Interface tab and Display Tweaks tab offer less common settings. The Tips tab explains features that can be changed within the Facebook interface and then provides a link to the location where those changes can be made. Most of the settings in the Advanced tab will be correct for most users. The Experiments tab includes features that are in development. They vary from day to day and may not be fully functional. There's a Data Import Export tab that makes it possible to transfer social fixer settings from one computer to another or just to make a backup in case something goes wrong. The Support tab explains how to obtain support. The Donate tab has links to various payment systems where you can send the developer some money. And the About tab is where you can learn about the developer and Social Fixer's history. Now, when you'll notice one more grayed-out tab, it's actually functional, but it's shown in gray. It's the Debug tab. Just stay out of there unless someone at Social Fixer's support asks you to go there. Social Fixer users are automatically enrolled in the Social Fixer Facebook group where users can ask questions and resolve problems. Although Social Fixer is a one-person operation, support is provided by several knowledgeable and helpful volunteers. Social Fixer support is actually quite a bit faster than what's provided by some commercial programs. There's a companion group called Social Fixer Off Topics that includes questions about any technical issue, hardware or software. If you'd like to check it out, be sure to download Social Fixer, use the plugins or add-ons or extensions function in your browser. A few weeks ago, I described a message that a friend received. The message explained how a hacker had broken into his computer and would send compromising images from his computer's camera if the friend didn't pay up within 48 hours. I described some of the flaws in that message. Well, now I've received one of my own, so let's take a look at it. The message says, I made a full dump of your disk. I have all your address book, history of viewing sites, all files, phone numbers, and addresses of all your contacts. Right. You got a full dump of the disk. I'm sure you exfiltrated 4.5 terabytes of data without my noticing any network slowdowns. The message says, after that, I made a screenshot of your joys using the camera of your device and glued them together. Well, my camera is a notebook device. It has two external monitors, so the notebook is closed all the time. The camera sees nothing. According to the message, I have bad news for you. 15 to 2019 in other words, the 15th of February. On this day, I hacked your operating system and got full access to your account. And then he lists my email address. Well, guess what, fella? The email address you specified is in no way associated with the computer's user accounts. The scammer explains how I made it. In the software of the router through which you went online was a vulnerability. I just hacked this router and placed my malicious code on it. When you went online, my Trojan was installed in the operating system of your device. Well, yes, some routers do have firmware, not software, firmware, there's a difference, flaws. The firmware in mine was updated a long time ago to eliminate that vulnerability. The scammer goes on, do not try to find and destroy my virus. All your data files and screenshots is already updated to a remote server. Well, actually, that's good advice. You won't be able to remove the virus because you won't find anything because nothing is there. And then the scammer says, you are not my single victim, so I guarantee that I will not disturb you again after payment. This is the word of honor, hacker. Honor hacker, huh? You say honor hacker? I say oxymoron. And a bit of advice from the scammer. I also ask you to regularly update your antiviruses in the future. This way you will no longer fall into a similar situation. Very illogical. The creep says that he hacked my router. Antivirus applications do not protect routers. Other clues? Well, the message claims to be from a U.S.-based domain, but actually originated in Brazil, and the scammer writes with a very strong Eastern European accent. In other words, it's nothing but a common scam from a common scammer. You'll find no porn or scams in spare parts, but you do have to go to the website to find spare parts. This week's stories, Microsoft's safety features, make recovering from a problematic update easier than in the past, but leftover files can get in the way you can remove them. And Notepad is a handy Windows utility. Notepad++ is even better, and it's free. Thanks for listening to TechBiter Worldwide, the podcast with an hour's worth of technology news in about 20 minutes. I'm Bill Blynn. Be sure to check out the website, www.techbiter.com. And if you like send me an email from there. See you next week.